0: It's March the 21st. Let's read the Bible. Friends, thank you for joining us on this year long journey. This adventure through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Today, March the 21st, we've come to the gospel of Mark chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10. We'll get there in just a moment. But I did find uh, just a nice comment from a friend and I wanted to read this to you. Uh, my friend says, I'm looking forward to learning, reading through the Bible with you as I have never read through the whole Bible. Thank you for doing this. I think that friend speaks for so many of us. We go to the church. We listen to the preaching. We've read some of the Bible, but we've never read all the way through it. That's the goal. I'm doing this uh, I, as a legacy project for me, for my family and friends and, and for you. And I'm hopeful that you will join us whenever you can along the journey. And if you join late, it doesn't matter. The videos are archived on keepbelieving.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on the Rumble Video platform. So you can join whenever you want, and you can go back and listen to the earlier videos. They're all archived there. You can listen to them anytime. And of course, there's no charge for any of that. Just glad to have you with us. So today, Mark 7, 8, 9, and 10... Notice two things that are happening in this section. Number one, Jesus is bringing his men to the point of decision. He chose them. He called them apostles. He sent them out. But eventually, they've got to cross the line. They've got to declare, who do you say that I am? You're going to see that happening in this passage. The other thing you're going to see is the rising tide of opposition by the scribes, the Pharisees, and the religious power brokers in Jerusalem. They finally have decided they don't like this man, Jesus. They they want nothing to do with him. And uh, events are being set in motion. They're going to lead to the climax at the cross later on in the Gospel of Mark. So let's begin today. Mark 7, the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him they they observed that some of his disciples were eating bread with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, keeping the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they have washed. And there are many other customs they have received and keep, like the washing of cups, pitchers, kettles, and dining couches. So, The Pharisees and scribes ask him, why don't you Pharisees, why don't, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating bread with ceremonially unclean hands? He answered them, Isaiah prophesied correctly about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines, human commands abandoning the commands of God, you hold on to human tradition. He also said to them, you have a fine way of invalidating God's command in order to set up your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil, of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, whatever benefit you might have received from me as Corban, that is an offering devoted to God, you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many other similar things. Summoning the crowd again, he told them, listen to me, all of you, and understand nothing that goes into a person from outside can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. When he went into the house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him about the parable. He said to them, are you also as lacking in understanding? Don't you realize that nothing going into a person from the outside can defile him, for it doesn't go into his heart, but into the stomach, and he is eliminated. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him, for from within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, evil actions, deceit, self-indulgence, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and defile a person. He got up and departed from there to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, but he could not escape notice. Instead, immediately after hearing about him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she was asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, let the children be fed first because it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she replied to him, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, because of this reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. When she went back to her home, she found her child lying on the bed. And the demon was gone. Again, leaving the region of Tyre, he went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee through the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had difficulty speaking and begged Jesus to lay his hand on him. So he took him away from the crowd in private. After putting his fingers in the man's ears and spitting, he touched his tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed deeply and said to him, Epapha, that is, be opened immediately to His ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak clearly. He ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more they proclaimed it. They were extremely astonished and said, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Mark 8. In those days there was again another large crowd, and they had nothing to eat. He called his disciples and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have already stayed with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way. And some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered him, where can anyone get enough bread here in this desolate place to feed these people? How many loaves do you have? He asked them, seven, they said. He commanded the crowd to sit down on the ground, taking the seven loaves. He gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples and set before the people. So they served them to the people. They also had a few small fish, and after he blessed them, he said they were to be served as well. They ate and were satisfied. Then they collected seven large baskets of leftover pieces. About 4,000 were there. He dismissed them, and he immediately got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. The disciples came and began to argue with him, demanding of him a sign from heaven to test him. Sighed deeply in his spirit, he said, Why does this generation demand a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and went to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to take bread and had only one loaf with them in the boat. Then he gave them strict orders, Watch out! Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They were discussing among themselves that they did not have any bread aware of this. He said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Don't you understand or comprehend? Do you have hardened hearts? Do you have eyes and do not see? Do you have ears and do not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of leftovers did you collect? 12, they told him. When I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets full of pieces did you collect? Seven, they said. And he said to them, Don't you understand yet? They came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village, spitting on his eyes and laying his hand on him. He asked him, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking. Again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes. The man looked intently and his sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. And he sent him home saying, Don't even go into the village. Jesus went out with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the road, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah and he strictly warned them to tell no one about him. Then he began to teach them that it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer many things and to be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed, and rise after three days. He spoke openly about this. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning around and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking about God's concerns but human concerns. Calling the crowd along with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose his life? What can anyone give in exchange for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. Chapter 9. Then he said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves to be alone. He was transfigured in front of them and his clothes became dazzling extremely white as no launderer on earth could whiten them. Elijah appeared to them with Moses and they were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's set up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, because he did not know what to say since they were terrified. A cloud appeared overshadowing them and a voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son, listened to him. Suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept this word to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. Then they asked him, Why do the scribes say Elijah must come first? Elijah does come first and restores all things. He replied, why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be treated with contempt? But I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did to him whatever they pleased to him, just as it is written about him. When they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and scribes disputing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were amazed and ran to greet him. He asked them, What are you arguing with them about? Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher. I brought my son to you. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. I ask your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. He replied to them, you unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. So they brought the boy to him when the spirit saw him. It immediately threw the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked his father. From childhood, he said, and many times it has thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the boy cried out, I do believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Then it came out shrieking and throwing him into terrible convulsions. The boy became like a corpse, so that many said, He's dead. But Jesus, taking him by the hand, raised him, and he stood up. After he'd gone into the house... His disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he told them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer. Then they left that place and made their way through Galilee. But he did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples and telling them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise three days later. But they did not understand this statement. And they were afraid to ask him. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent because on the way they've been arguing with one another about who was the greatest sitting down. he called the 12 and said to them, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. He took a child and had him stand among them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one little child such as this in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but him who sent me. John said to him, teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name. We tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. Don't stop him, said Jesus, because there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name who can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. And Whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ. Truly, I tell you, he will never lose his reward. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to fall away, It would be better for him if a heavy millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to fall away, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to fall away, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to fall away, gouge it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Where their their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt should lose its flavor, how can you season it? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with one another. Mark 10, he set out from there and went to the region of Judea and across the Jordan Then crowds converged on him again, and as was his custom, he taught them again. Some Pharisees came to test him, asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He replied to them, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted us to write divorce papers and send her away. But Jesus told them, he wrote this command for you because of the hardness of your hearts. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples questioned him about this matter. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. Also, she divorces her husband and marries another. She commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said, Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt down before him and asked him, "Good teacher." What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus said, No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these from my youth. Looking at him, Jesus loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then Come, follow me. But he was dismayed by this demand, and he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astonished at his words. Again, Jesus said to them, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. They were even more astonished, saying to one another, then who can be saved? Looking to them, Jesus said, with man man. It is impossible, but not with God, because all things are possible with God. Peter began to tell him, look, we have left everything and followed you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said, there is no one who has left house, or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more. Now at this time, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. But many who are first will be last and the last first. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples were astonished, but those who followed him were afraid, taking the 12 aside again. He began to tell them the things that would happen to him. See, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him, and he will rise after three days. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask you. What do you want me to do for you? He asked them. They answered him, allow us to sit at your right and your left in your glory. Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink or to be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We are able, they told him. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and you will be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not mine to give. Instead, it is for those it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the tw- ten disciples heard this, they began to be indignant with James and John. Jesus called them over and said to them, You know that those who are regarded as rulers and the Gentiles lord it over them and those in high positions act as tyrants over them but it is not so among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you will be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life, a ransom for many. They came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, A blind beggar was sitting by the road when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many wanted him to keep quiet, but he was crying out all the more, have mercy on me, son of David. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, have courage, get up, he's calling for you. He threw off his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. Jesus answered him, what do you want me? to do for you. Rabboni, the blind man said to him, I want to see. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has saved you. Immediately he could see and began to follow Jesus on the road. The end of the reading for today, as I was reading this, I was uh, struck by that, the rising tide of opposition the increasing clarity of the disciples. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now you know. of reminds me of what the Benham brothers like to say. Everybody thinks following Jesus is fun until they find out where he's going. He's going to the cross. That's why Jesus asked James and John, can you drink the cup that's been given to me? same cup is given to all of us, this the cup of suffering, the cup cup of hardship, the cup of persecution and misunderstanding. So we pray today, Lord, we pray for faith and courage to follow you. Lord give us the faith of the blind men who followed Jesus, who's given his sight and having seen Jesus, began to follow him. Lord give us at least as much faith as blind Bartimaeus, who could see physically and spiritually. Lord, you've opened our eyes. Help us to follow you gladly wherever you go, even when the road leads to a cross. That's our prayer today. Go out. Have a great day, folks. Come back. Tomorrow, we'll do this again. God bless.